What's up, everybody? Welcome to the All Sooners Podcast, episode 195. Boys, we are together. We are in Jerry World. We're in AT&T Stadium for what? For Big 12 Media Days. Day two, we're wrapping it up. They're trying to get us out of here, so we're going to do this thing quick. No breaks, one long segment. You guys are going to love this because we're talking the same thing that everybody was talking about today. Boomer Sooners are leaving the Big 12, and it turns out the uh, celebration lasted, the one-year celebration, as you said, lasted all of one day. Yeah, Big 12, uh, it was it was petty this, this was, week, the last two days, the last 48 hours. Sonny Dykes throwing shots at Missouri and A&M, saying I don't see them playing in a bunch of SEC championship games. Just for the record, I'd like it note for history. Uh, Missouri has played in as many SEC title games as TCU has played in Big 12 championship games, and they've won the same number. Just throwing that out there. Uh, the Big 12 football czar, deputy director, uh, said that Oklahoma and Texas would rather lose to Alabama and Georgia instead of Kansas State and Iowa State. Way to dunk on your own teams there, I guess. Um, and, yeah, I, I guess the real question leaving here today before we dive in, is this the last All-Sooners trip to Jerry World for a while? It is going to be, well, until maybe possibly December. That's the question. That's, That's, the, That's question. the question. We're not coming back before December. I don't have any – I don't think the Rams are playing here. Gold Cup is not uh, yeah, so. rolling through, yeah. So they're trying to get us out of here. They're cleaning up the mess behind us, as you can see. They're taking down the lights. They it was a mess, too. It was. It was something. Um, what stood out to me was, yeah, Tim Weiser, deputy commissioner. Yesterday, Brett Yormark said we're going to celebrate Oklahoma and Texas's um, you know, contributions over the past 27 years, and there have been a lot of contributions, and these have been great members. Today, the deputy commissioner came out, as Ryan mentioned. Tim Weiser's his name. On radio, it wasn't like a public forum or a – a press conference but he just where did that come from he said essentially texas you don't want to get, i guess they wanted to get beat by alabama rather than iowa state and then he said he called oklahoma uh what was it the, the reluctant bride yeah basically doing whatever texas tells it to do i don't know if his words were uh sanctioned by the uh by the commissioner or if this was one of those uh what was his name uh, iraqi bob or whatever disinformation uh, campaign where they say, "Okay, I'm going to come in. I'm going to be the good cop. You're going to come in. You're going to the next day. You're going to be the bad cop." Possible. It, it is possible, and I mean, it does beg the question: If this is what they're saying about OU and Texas out in the open, what are the conversations they're having behind closed doors about those two programs that are leaving the conference? And I think that that's where we've seen a lot of OU and Texas fans join together and say, "Hey, you know, we don't want to be treated unfairly our final year in the Big 12." Yep. Uh, I mean, you know. Name calling and you know saying things at Big 12 Media Day is one thing, but if that translates to officiating and calls on the field, then that could be very impactful for Texas and Oklahoma this season. What was the metric last year, you guys? Was there one holding penalty called against the uh, offensive line that Oklahoma's defense was playing against, or something like that, in 12 games? Yeah, something like something, something absurd crazy. like that. Yeah. Now you do have to have a functioning defensive line to draw holding flags. <laughs> right. uh, no one had any trouble blocking Oklahoma last year, but y the numbers are still. The number it, it's uncommon. It would take uncommon effort for the opposing team to only hold once against Oklahoma. Yeah. And and while we're mentioning what was said about OU and Texas, your mark yesterday said that OU and Texas hadn't carried the conference in recruiting, which uh, statistically, I mean, they have. Yeah, they have. <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, how many, let's talk about five stars. How many five stars has Texas signed? How many five stars has Oklahoma signed? How many five stars has the rest of the conference signed combined over 27 years? Not anywhere close. They have absolutely carried 
the conference in recruiting. Brett, you remarked yesterday said he's not a college football guy. Last year was his first experience in college football. I don't think that uh, did he did, was he wrong? Yes. Should we hold Brett Yormark to be the oracle of college football recruiting news? That's probably on you. He's on a learning curve. He's a basketball guy. He's an East Coast guy. He's a West Coast guy. He comes to Oklahoma, flyover state to do a little football commissionering, and uh, it's kind of slipping through his fingers a little bit at times. But otherwise, let me just say, and uh, Venable said this as well, he's doing a hell of a job to raise the profile of the Big 12 Conference. you got to give it up to him for that. And we did, I think, uh, maybe on last week's podcast or something. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Sooners went today. Everybody went today. The, the other six teams, we're not going to get into those guys too much because you guys are interested in OU football. So OU football, Brent Venables, obviously. Dylan Gabriel, obviously. Drake Stoops talked today. Jonah Laulu talked today. And Danny Stutzman was the fourth one. So uh, pretty good representation, offense, defense, um, culture-wise, uh, leadership-wise. I think all those guys kind of stood out today. Absolutely, yeah. I think that uh, hearing them talk about the young players and how excited they were, not only to mentor them, but how far along those young players have come, uh, I thought that was really refreshing to hear. Um, you know, they had great things to say about the rooms that they're in, respectively, the receiver room, and uh, Danny Stutzman mentioning the linebacker and the defensive line room, saying that they're eight or nine deep there with guys that they think are really good. And, um, you know, we were just talking about how porous the defensive line was last year. So if uh, Stutzman's words are true, then uh, that's something that OU fans are going to like to hear. I'm just glad you guys heard anything. Uh, the breakouts were a disaster yeah. as far as trying to just listen to a, a soft-spoken guy like Dylan Gabriel and Drake, Drake Stoops. Stoops yeah. uh, a lot of my face-to-face -face came from interviewing Dylan Gabriel and, and Danny Stutzman on radio where I could actually hear them. Uh, and uh, Danny Stutzman, but Brent Venables from the podium talked about Stutzman being a not just a leader, but a guy that 17 months ago wouldn't have been a guy you tasked to lead a player-only workout or a player-only practice and, and how many steps Oklahoma and Danny Stutzman himself is, is taking in that direction. And uh, what was it? Efficiency, the buzzword of the day for Brent Venables as far as becoming more efficient in every aspect of the program from practices to, to kind of their off-season audit, looking back on themselves, self-scouting, and seeing what Oklahoma wants to do differently in 2022. When I asked Danny Stutzman about what he improved the most this offseason, he actually repeated that, and he said efficiency, working on his efficiency himself. You know, uh, something that's interesting to me is don't judge Danny, Stut Danny Stutzman by his haircut. He's got kind of a Prince Valiant frosted perm going right now. He's all about business. He's, uh, he's enjoying the, the, the limelight, and he's enjoying being here, but uh, the kid is all about business. Uh, he says he's going to cut it into a mullet at the end of the season or something like that. Hey, you got Quinn Ewers yesterday shaving, cutting his mullet off because he's all grown up and serious now. Uh, Danny Stutzman going the other way. Yeah, Jaron Kanick, I guess, is having that influence on the linebacker <laughs> room. Uh, those two guys, we found out today that they got their katanas on Twitter from a gas station. Uh, that's been my number one concern all offseason is like the the quality of the blacksmithing on that blade it's it's gas station katanas so I, watch out can i tell you guys a secret i also have a katana that i bought at a gas station oh yeah 1986. do you often go to war with your friends on twitter no we don't okay no, it's been in a closet way up in the closet away from the kids uh it's yeah cheapo depot it's the uh Cherokee Trading Post out on I-40 oh, gotcha. west, yeah. west of Oklahoma City. Yeah. Maybe you could dust it off and join uh, Danny and, uh, <laughs> right. and Jaron. I'll just wear it to the press conference. <laughs> see, if they, see if they want to spar. Um, what else stood out to you about Venables today? I asked him a question in particular about how you changed. Because if you ask his players, hey, how, 
has Venables changed? No, no, he doesn't change. He's the same guy that recruited me. He's the same guy that I talked to. He's the same guy yesterday, same guy last year. So I asked Brent, I said, Brent, you're notorious for not changing. How have you evolved? And he goes, that's the word, is evolved. I'm not changing. I'm the same guy. I do things the same way. But he said, I also learn from six and seven. I also um, evolve. And I thought that was that was pretty telling, his answer. But uh, anything else stand out to you? No, I just kind of piggybacked on that. Becoming a head coach, the pedigree working under Bill Snyder, Bob Stoops, Dabo Sweeney, we talked about it, about as good an education as you could have. But when you're the guy calling the shots, it's a different can of worms, especially when you're someone as detail-oriented as Brent Venables. He had talked about in, I think it was the opening week press conference last year, that he's never not going to be a whiteboard guy and stuff like that. So the question was going to become, was Brent Venables taking too much on his own shoulders? Was he too bogged down in the details to be the CEO at Oklahoma? And something he talked about a ton is listening to his coaching staff, listening to his players. That doesn't mean that every idea thrown your way is exactly, oh, just because John said this, we need to do that. You listen to John, evaluate, does what he's saying make sense with our culture, what we're trying to do this week, all that stuff. That sounded to me like someone who, who was able to maybe take a step back and say, I either tried to do too many things or, or I wasn't as receptive to how can we change things and adjust on the fly when things weren't perfect stuff that you can only find I think going through one year as a head coach and then building on what you said is right uh, I had a conversation with Dave Wilson from ESPN just maybe an hour ago before we started recording about ball coaches who just want to be ball coaches and Brent has so much information so much detail in his brain that when he comes to a big event like this it's hard for him to communicate those little tiny minute details and then you go and maybe uh, get it to your recruits and you get it to your players and you get it to your coaching staff he just wants to coach ball but Brent is the CEO of a multi-million dollar corporation that is OU football so it's a little bit different he's figuring the curve you know learn on a learning curve and he's figuring that out as he goes year two I expect it to be a lot smoother than year one yeah absolutely I agree and uh, you know the players kind of echoed the same sentiment saying that you know this this offseason was evolution for them kind of uh, working on some of their their physical uh, skill sets and improving you know after another summer with uh, uh, Schmitty and uh, you know Venable specifically highlighted uh, Jaron Kanak and talked about how uh, inexperienced he was coming out of high school as a defensive player saying that his high school played him at quarterback and now they're playing him at linebacker. Uh, from what Brent Venables was saying, uh, it sounds like they really are expecting a lot from him this year, and that's definitely a name that uh, Sooner fans should be ready to see on Saturdays. Was there any reason to think Dylan Gabriel was going to come out here today and, and be a star? He, he looked like it to me. Yeah, I, so kind of a unique thing, if you, if you allow me to go on a little tangent. Um, got to spend some time with Dylan Gabriel last year at Big 12 Media Day, walking between some of the radio tables, just a very informal, get to know each other type thing. You could tell last year, Gabriel was like, oh, I've not been in Cowboy Stadium before. He he had commented on like the buffet that was brought up. You, know, it, you could just tell that that was not the experience he had gotten at UCF. And John and I, behind the scenes, we had talked a lot last year about, well, was this a guy that comfortable with his own skin, but maybe underestimated, like when everyone says being right. quarterback at Oklahoma is a different deal. It's a different deal. And I wonder how much element that played last year. Again, got to have some informal conversations with Dylan Gabriel. It was just smooth. He knew exactly where he was going. Calm, cool, collected. What does that mean as far as completion percentage, touchdown interception ratio? Probably not a lot this fall, but 
just another instance of the second year knowing what to expect as the quarterback at Oklahoma, knowing what to expect at Big 12 Media Day, how to carry yourself. I think that can only be a good thing as a guy who's uh, most of his college football career is behind him as, as he's hoping this is going to be his last year in, in college. We've got uh, tons and tons and tons of video plus all kinds of content at allsooners.com. We've got three different videos of Brent Venables, so click around, scroll, surf, whatever you want to do. Uh, Brent Venables talked for, let's see, 15 minutes, 30, uh, 10 minutes, and then 35 minutes. So three different videos. we got Drake Stoops. we got Dylan Gabriel. we got Jonah Laulu. And of course, we got Danny Stutzman. All that stuff is up. All that stuff is posted. It's, it's on there. Check it out. Enjoy it. You got to listen to Drake Stoops. Yes. The entire interview. Uh, I asked him a couple of questions, but just the fact that he's a guy, he's a sixth-year guy. He is, uh, he has been, he has redshirted. He is the son of a coach. He is a former walk-on. He went through COVID. He <laughs> has been, had, had, what, six quarterbacks? Does that sound right? Yeah. Something like that? It's amazing, the, the, the amount of things that he's been through in his career. And I get the feeling, I mean, you know, it is what it is at this point in his career. He's got something like 80 catches. I get the feeling he could be in for a really big season. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, he said that he was really working on his top end speed yeah. over the offseason a lot, which, um, you know, as no U fan, you have to love to hear that given that, you know, his effort, a lot of the technical ability, and, you know, his hands, that, that's all there. You, you know that's there. Um, you know, but if he's able to increase that speed, then that could make him a lot more of a dangerous slot receiver than he already was. Um, for OU last season. He talked about the depth of the receiver room and how they brought a lot of guys in. And I know that he may be high on those guys, but many of them don't have any experience and none at OU. And so that's what he has over a lot of the other guys in the receiver room is that experience. And I think that that will really help him this year, especially if that top end speed comes in like he said he was working on this offseason. Yeah. Um, I got a cool story coming on Jonah Laulu uh, asked him several questions today about leadership and why he's here and you know a transfer from Hawaii year two of his OU college football career he's here representing the Oklahoma Sooners at Big 12 Media Day I thought that was really cool I asked him some questions about you know being in the Polynesian culture he said he's Samoan uh, they've got guys from Tonga I talked to uh, Kalani Sataka yesterday from BYU he told me some things so that's going to be a really fun story Ryan what do you take away from the rest of your experience here at Big 12 Media Days. Yeah, I, I think on the Laulu point, another thing too, not just the, the leadership, but yeah, exactly. Woo. He's the guy that made the move from defensive end to the interior of the defensive line, listed at 293, a huge, huge increase from where he even reported back uh, pounds after so. the Cheez-It Bowl. Yep. And so we had kind of talked to him about halfway through spring ball and he was feeling good about it. I'm always fascinated when you add that much weight, you feel sluggish, all that stuff. And some guys are always like, no, 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 the athleticism is still there. Laulu was like, I feel stronger than I've ever been. I feel faster. He said Schmitty told him he looks better at 292 than he did at 260. Yeah, and he talked about taking on blocks, shedding would-be blockers, all that stuff. And I think Laulu, and I think he, uh, he said that he basically is extending his career by being able to slide over to the interior. I think he's kind of getting to see what that frame can can hold and how he's filling that out as a guy that he mentioned in 2021 uh, the the effects of the pandemic were delayed in Hawaii because 
on the island secluded he said basically for hawaii 2021 was the pandemic when they really experienced that so he came to oklahoma coming out of quarantine not able to work out things like that uh interesting to, to see that maybe the best juno i don't know what that means as far as him being in the rotation they've got a huge log jam on the interior suddenly uh but laulu good problem to have. it, it yeah. is uh, night and day from last year that's for sure uh laulu though it'll be interesting to see what he looks like uh in between the uh defensive ends playing through the middle we had a little bit of breaking news today, not here at uh, Jerry World, but just in the world of recruiting. Yeah. Randall was on it. Uh, Oklahoma landed a four-star recruit that is actually like a four-and-a-half-star because he's so important. Randall, tell you all about it. Yeah, so Jaden Jackson is about six foot two, 300 pounds, another one of those guys we were just talking about with that Polynesian culture. Um, you know, he's from IMG Academy in Florida, meaning he's teammates with David Stone, who's another interior defensive lineman, five-star from Oklahoma City. That's the guy that OU really, really wants to land. And so getting his teammate, the guy who plays right next to him, is huge in, in getting David Stone as well. And getting David Stone, that could in turn help you get a, land a bunch of the other recruits that OU's after along the defensive line with those connections that Stone has. But Jaden Jackson specifically, huge man, strong kid, he can just take up take up blocks, uh, take up space, push the pocket in the pass, passing game, and you know just fill gaps in the run game, which is exactly what Oklahoma needs. Um, and you know, in uh, in his after he committed, he said that within the first 15 minutes of his visit, he knew that Oklahoma was where he wanted to be. And uh, so you know, you hear things like that. You know, you see pictures of him with David Stone. You see David Stone commenting on uh, his commitment videos. You have to like not only the commitment that they get from Jaden Jackson, but where that puts them with his teammate and Oklahoma City native, David Stone. Signing a four-star defensive tackle from Florida of his caliber with those connections, not bad for a uh, reluctant bride. Absolutely. You know, uh, those are SEC players. You get David Stone, maybe you get Williams Winery, maybe you get Nigel Smith. I think these guys are all leaning toward Oklahoma, but if you get one, the next one comes, the next one comes, the next one comes. Pretty soon you've got an SEC defensive line. Yeah, Oklahoma beat out Ohio State, Tennessee, Miami, Florida was the other hat on the table as well. Can't wait to see Cincinnati pull those same things to carry the conference. <laughs> You're just being mean, right? You bring it upon yourselves. You you play right. stupid games, win stupid prizes. Right. There was a lot of easy, easy PR that could have been avoided from uh, the Big 12 this weekend or these past two days. And on the podium, they did everything to avoid it. Uh, Sonny Dykes did not in the breakouts. Brett Yorbark did not on the side, uh, and uh, the associate director did not either. It, it just seemed like it really feels – it hadn't felt awkward, awkward with OU in Texas. Yeah. I think you could really feel yeah. it in these last 48 hours that everyone has been talking about this for so long since summer of 2021 after we left Big 12 Media Day that I, I think that the senioritis is real on the side of Oklahoma and Texas, and, and the Big 12 is ready to turn the page. I'm do a quick pitch. Uh, give us a follow at all underscore Sooners. I'm at John E. Hoover, Randall Sweet 5 underscore Ryan Chapman. Give us all a follow on Twitter. Uh, also, if you like this, the podcast, like it on the video, subscribe on the YouTube channel. Do all that stuff for us. We appreciate it. And all Sooners, as you know, is free, free, free. No signups, no credit cards, no usernames, no passwords. Um, we like the five-star ratings. I'll just say that. We like the five-star ratings. So if you could help us out, drop us a five-star rating. Um, guys, we'll finish with this. Uh, Thad Turnipseed resigned last week. Brent Venables talked about it this week. He said that, uh, doggone it, wish he could have stayed. 
I mean, that's all, he made it sound as simple as that. He, ex he expounded and he said, you know, his son, he wants to be able to spend more time. But basically, uh, he's, Dad Turnipseed came here, it, this is the way I understand it, came here and it, things were a little bit different than what he thought the challenge was going to be. Uh, but essentially he got his job done, which is raising the money for the, or establishing the ability to raise the money for this $175 million project. Brent Venables talked glowingly about him today. So if there's any friction between type A personalities clashing in the, uh, the staff room, the administrative room, whatever, Brent Venables did not let on to any of that today. Yeah, for sure. And that's something that we talked about last week, two weeks ago, it all runs together yep. of the facilities, like the plans are in motion, the the Board of Regents has kind of rubber stamped the budget, all that stuff. Right. Outside of just cutting the checks, is that all that that, that turnip seat came to Oklahoma to do? And based off how Brent Venables talked about it today, kind of felt like a yes on that front. One more little bit of breaking news happened right before we started recording. Jocelyn Erickson. Headed to Florida, headed to Florida. Not Florida. Tennessee. Uh, Tim Walton picks up a former Sooner. Uh, Jocelyn Erickson, if you remember, came on huge for opening couple of weekends uh, as far as a big bat, but really struggled to find some consistency. Lost out that job in the field at first base to Sidney Sanders. Uh, lost out in right field to Alina Torres in the field. Uh, she's just a freshman, so plenty of development to happen. But you know Patty Gasol would have loved to bounce up that lineup righty-lefty as yep. Erickson was a left-handed bat. She just was... Uh, it hit a slump at the worst possible time heading to the postseason and didn't play a huge factor down the stretch. We knew she was leaving. She announced that early last week or late week before. No big deal because Patty Gasso tweeted the Go Boomer with the two little bombs. She tweeted that like an hour ago, uh, whatever it was, an hour and a half ago, two hours ago now. Uh, so she's happy about something. Sounds like they got another. You probably know who it is. Uh, looks like uh, maybe addition to the bullpen coming coming down the pike. Another pitcher. And not a name we've talked about thus far. If I need to do a little bit more digging. Um, I was on radio while that was going down. But uh, I think that uh, round out the pitching staff, we'll, we'll know sooner rather than later. Probably the next time we get together at the top. Okay, before the security team comes over and handcuffs us, zip ties us and tases us hopefully uh we got to get out of here any more thoughts on big 12 media today i just wanted to say one last thing nigel smith tweeted boomer sooner today which <laughs> not a commitment he's he said he is committing he told me the last time i spoke to him on the phone that he's committing on september 8th but given the events today and him tweeting that has to mean good things for you any more leftovers bring us our freaking one table per player breakouts it's not that hard not broke don't fix it younger hipper cooler does not mean we can't hear anything that's going on right here these give are, us wi-fi these are our these are our credentials we got rubber wristbands this year this does not go with my 950,000 credential collection and the wi-fi here sucks i bet it's better in the sec that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> thank you guys for listening we'll be back next week on the all sooners podcast unless there's breaking news and we have to do an emergency pod right uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, we'll send you that one podcast, all the podcasts from Apple, Google, uh, Spotify, Podbean, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. If you have an Amazon-enabled device, just say Alexa, play the All Sooners podcast. It's also posted on our website, allsooners.com. Just listen on your phone, tablet, or your computer. All you got to do is click the link. It's right there at the top of the page. And all our shows are posted on my YouTube channel. That's John Hoover Media for Randall, for Ryan. I'm Hoove. See you guys.